1: This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Masonic Lake Podcast, episode 91. 91?
3: 91. 91. <sighs> oh, man. That's Larry, Larry
2: don't touch anything.
3: Oh God, Larry's touching Uh, We were sitting
2: here for two hours and Larry didn't touch anything. Now that the mics are on, he's touching things. (laughs) Hey everybody, so welcome, episode 91. Uh, We're going to have a special guest tonight, Brother Alex Powers of the Historical Light Podcast, as well as everything Midwestern. There you go. Our tornado expert, whatever else goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Alex, you're kind of new to us, so um, what we do here is not like anything you've ever seen before. Um, seen or heard it's actual magic. Ooh. Yes. So basically, what we do is we go around and we talk about what we've been up to um, since they've heard that our our eight fans have heard from us last. Uh, this <laughs> is and this is also when I give a, a quick shout out to our, uh, our 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 patrons. We love them. Yes, they sponsor us. Yeah, Masonic Lake Podcast is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and you can send us a dollar. Just one, $1. dollar. one dollar. Now, of course, one. we're going to repeatedly hit that card every month forever. Until you it, die. In perpetuity for a dollar. But but um, it's a dollar. It's a dollar. Just one. It bought that nice banner that you can't see that I hung up upside down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it looks a lot like your bookshelf,
4: Alex.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So upside down. So, I will go uh, counterclockwise today. Larry. Oh, God. Have you done anything Masonically? <laughs>
4: yes, I have. Nice. Uh, was that Lodge meeting, Lodge 476? Um, the uh, Last Tuesday it was, wasn't it, Josh? Yes. <laughs> I'm taking Josh's thunder away. <laughs> Josh was, of course, Worshipful Master of the Lodge and did a great job. Also, Goose and Gridiron, which I failed to mention every Thursday. Uh,
2: Goose and Gridiron is Larry's breakfast club for old men.
4: <laughs> it's also... Which we're uh, still uh, looking uh, for Molly Ringwald, it, but she hasn't shown It's also a board of directors meeting for the Masonic Center in Lancaster. So, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, been, uh, been busy.
3: Nice. Jack, anything? Uh, last night was our stated meeting here at Effort of 665, and it was uh, ladies' night. It was sort of an impromptu ladies' night. Our Worshipful Master's trying to involve the ladies. He's kind of sort of younger there's a there's a lot of younger guys in the he's line like
2: 75 yeah so <laughs>
3: 72 i think but he's trying to involve the ladies and let them get to know each other a little more and and do some things so we pulled together a ladies night where the ladies came in and there was one of these art classes you know they usually do it with wine and paint but since we're in a pennsylvania masonic lodge we can't have any wine so the ladies came in, and while the boys were upstairs playing in lodge, the ladies were downstairs painting, and they had a lot of fun, and it was uh, it was a good time. So that was, um, I think I went to Goose and Gridiron a couple uh, last was week. Was
2: Larry the nude model for the? Uh, uh, there's not that much paint. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. No.
3: <laughs> so I think that's about it for me.
4: Hey, this body excites people now and then.
2: You know? Yeah, c- your cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> he sees his next bmw payment <laughs>
0: <laughs> tim since we recorded last i attended the uh stated meeting for uh, uber grotto where we were uh had a special guest of scott matinchik uh talking about baseball cards
3: district deputy for life
0: former district deputy for life um former
3: district
2: deputy for life yeah, let that
0: sink in for a few minutes hmm. um great sh- great uh it program. was a good talk it was really a really good talk, good talk. Yeah. uh We found out that we've probably thrown away millions, those of us that grew up in the uh, 60s and 70s, uh, in our bicycle wheels, uh, Clipping.
2: I'll I'll, I'll have to give uh, Monarch Jeff Fulton a a shout-out. He um, is recognizing a different profit of significance every month. Yep. Yes. Um, So the POS of the month... (laughs) 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 Gets... (laughs) Which is actually kind of brilliant. Oh, that is. Genius.
3: It was
1: genius. genius.
2: Yeah, so there's a. a, a and the first uh, POS is a minister. Uh, so that didn't work out so well. We had but a biography <laughs> in the next notice. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so Alex, what have, what hang have you on, been doing? Hang on, oh, hang wait. Oh, oh, oh you oh, still. Oh, jeez. Oh, one thing. One thing. We, one th- th- Alex, one never mind. Thing. All right.
0: One thing. Um, actually, this was kind of Masonic. Jeez. On uh, February 1st, I was in line with apparently about a half a million others trying to get tickets to Cigar Fest um, that's coming up. I did manage to get that, and uh, we'll have a Masonic contingency going up to that oh, uh, yeah. in May. But uh, tickets were purchased then. Uh, stated meeting for Eureka West Shore 302, where we had a scouting night focus. Uh, a couple of former guests from here uh, led that and did a great job. Um, and then Pete and I went to Alexand- or Arlington, Virginia, uh, to Masonic
3: Week. Alexandria. In beautiful Crystal City.
0: No, it's Arlington. It's in Crystal City, yeah. So uh, at the Hyatt Regency down there. And um, it, was, it was very impressive. Uh, I'll tell the story. Should I tell the story now?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Get it All out right. of the
0: way. So we had... Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I wore my Masonic light shirt and stuff, and so we were recognized. I was really surprised by the number of people that recognized us. And Pete and I were. It on helps our,
2: when you have the shirt on. It
0: does. <laughs> so Pete and I were uh, on an elevator going from the bar up to a hospitality room, and uh, we imagine got, that. Imagine that. Um, this guy was about six foot four, about three hundred and fifty pounds, and he gets on, and he goes, "You two, the Wahoos that are on that show." Masonic Light Podcast. Pete immediately like goes to the corner and looks down, like I'm not making eye contact with this guy. And of course, me, you know, never met a stranger. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we are. He goes, I've been trolling that show for years. You all do good work. So uh, anyway, uh, and 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 I have to tell this, otherwise Larry's gonna make a big deal about it. So nobody cared about me or Pete or Jack or Josh. They were all like, where's Larry? Is Larry here? No, we didn't bring Larry. <laughs> He's not allowed out after dark. So. Anyway, that's that's my Masonic uh, journey in the last couple
2: of weeks. righty, Alex, it's your time to shine. Have you done anything of significance in the past two or three weeks Masonically, or even no matter how boring, we love it.
5: Uh, you know, a lot of my Masonic journey would be considered boring to many people. It's uh, a whole lot of research. <laughs> All right. You know, we actually had a uh, ladies table lodge uh, just last week uh, in preparation for Valentine's Day. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, other than that, man, you know, we're uh, we're going strong with Kansas Lodge Research. Got some new stuff coming out there. Always working on historical light stuff and uh, gearing up for another round of uh, DDGM. So, always something happening
2: Masonic-wise. Very cool. Josh, have you done anything?
1: Uh, well, I did the stated meeting of Limberton Lodge, and we did a second degree. And I did... Uh, an official, or I went to an official visit up at, uh, what is it,
6: 704? What's that?
2: Olivet. Mount or Olivet, yeah. Sounds very exciting. Anytime you can go to yeah, well, Lebanon okay. County. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a fun meeting. Um, I'll be honest. They,
3: I heard good things about that meeting. Actually. It was actually
2: really yes. fun. Yeah. So um, I guess the highlights of mine, first one isn't really Masonic, um, but I was the, I played the czar in the Order of the Muscovites degree, uh, which is an old Oddfellows degree that's now Seth Anthony kind of brought back and it's just open for any fraternal person. Uh, So we did it as a fundraiser for Amaranth. Uh, That was fun. We get to yell and have a good time. And then probably one of the coolest things, we had, there is this dinosaur of an an organization called OPO, Officers and Past Officers. And it's for Tall Cedars and for the district. And it's really dumb. Like, (laughs) we get together, you know, there's five of us in the region as far, you know, and it's probably like an hour and a half, two hour drive from one end to the other. We get together four times a year. The attendance is like six people. And we don't talk about anything because there's no business. We've written three checks in 15 years. I guess back in the day, this would be like a district meeting so you know what the other people are up to. But we have email now and we have cell phones and, you know, Excel spreadsheets. So we voted it down. We killed it. <laughs> we, 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 we killed it. And we had 45 people to show up to vote to kill it. To kill it. We won
3: 45 to zero. <laughs> so, so just to be clear, and, and Alex, we'll pull you in here, the, that um, Pete has now killed two organizations like that? Yeah, I, I, I'm right? going to start getting... I, I killed the, uh, the Grotto... You killed the Grotto thing, right? The, the, Colonial Grotto Colonial Association. Colonial Grotto Association. Yeah, But but to, to his... Call me Kevorkian,
2: because I'm Masonic Kevorkian. I'll, I'll put them down and when they, they need to go. And
3: they died a peaceful death, and no one will ever miss them. But that said, he's also signed about 120 petitions for new members. So, yeah, he's he's a... He's a recruiting animals. So.
1: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Alrighty, so let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to have a conversation with
3: Alex Powers. There we go.
4: Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning, to materials, to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate Or visit us at georgejgrove.com.
3: And we're back with our guest, Alex Powers. Um, Alex is the now. Are you the Grand Lodge? What research body arm of of the Kansas Grand Lodge? (laughs) What? How does that work? So
5: they they appointed me as director of Kansas Lodge Research. uh, Just all this going into my third year of it now. Um, So it Kansas Lodge Research uh, was acting as a a normal lodge for many many years uh, since back in the seventies. Uh, it just wasn't functioning to the level that many people would like it to be um so they actually did something kind of radical uh grandmaster pulled their bylaws pulled all the officers and just kind of threw it to me said you know pedal to the metal don't screw it up so it's always an honor to (laughs) get that kind of responsibility thrown in your lap but uh Nice. Uh, we've kind of taken uh, taken off with it. Started a virtual education program and all kinds of other stuff. So we're trying to bring it up to date and uh, get some active participation so going
3: on. Are you are you collecting research papers from within Kansas or without or in general? Because so both, actually.
5: Um, so one of the big things that kind of dropped some jaws when I took over is you know some states will let interjurisdictional memberships join. Ah, uh, Kansas. To you know, you can move out of state afterwards, but to join Kansas Masonry, you've got to be a Kansas resident. Um, when I took over the uh, Lodge of Research, I actually opened up that portion. So any Mason that is recognized by the uh, Grand Lodge of Kansas can actually apply to be in the Kansas Lodge of Research. So we've got members in Kansas, we've got members California, uh, Boston area, Texas, kind of all over the place. So. How
3: how often do you meet?
5: Um, we're Right now, we're doing virtual education as our most frequent thing. We're doing that every other month.
3: Do you, Is there like a, a place or time that you get together and, and have speakers? I know in, in Pennsylvania, we have two things. We have the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, and then we have the Lodge of Research. They're completely separate things, but they both meet separately. So you're not actually... You're not actually assembling as a lodge and having a meeting or anything like that yet.
5: Right. Yeah. Not anymore. Um, we we try to do some in person events, usually uh, one at Grand Lodge session because people are there, and you know we try to get some other ones around. But virtual education has been that that one thing that really brings it home. Uh, we've tried the in person stuff, and what we've really struggled with, you know, not to put it all out there, but uh, it's just is just participation in general. So
1: mm-hmm. you know,
5: to put together an event and just not get guys show up. But if we do it in a virtual atmosphere like this, we use the Zoom platform for uh, lodge research as well. And we'll get, you know, 20, 30 guys from all over the place able to join in. Um, also the ability to, to bring in a speaker from anywhere in the world and uh, have an interactive conversation uh, has really been uh, beneficial to a lot of the guys journey. So that's been our most frequent uh, meeting formality, but um, we don't have uh, traditional officers anymore. Uh, it's, you know, me as the director, we've got a, a deputy director, and then kind of a Grand Lodge relations to make sure we don't, you know, ruffle too many feathers.
3: (laughs) Is that a, is that a closed meeting or can anybody, do you have to be a a Kansas uh, member of the Lodge research to sit in on that? that Uh, So so
5: typically it's closed to members, but we have been doing a
3: thing that, you know, if you
5: haven't checked us out before and you want to get a taste of it, that we'll let you in for free uh, for a meeting to get a, get a taste of it, see if you like it. And then from there, you know, you can, uh, Put in a petition, and see if you want to join.
3: Cool. Because I, I, I saw that you got, or I heard on the podcast that you got something from Nick Lane. He sent you something from the Castle Island Virtual Lodge. Um, and that's a whole tiled thing. That's, that's a <coughs> tiled lodge meeting, and they open and close the long way and all that kind of stuff. So you're just more of a an educational con- just conversation about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So when we
5: hold our virtual edge, it's just it's just kind of a casual format like this. Uh, we'll introduce the guys and then just go right into education. There's no actual, you know, ritual or anything like that.
3: So you strike me as being a young guy because I'm getting older all the time. I, I'm long in the tooth. I am. I'm getting I, I think I'm aging like three years a year. I, I don't know how that's working, but I am. But how how did you fall into this? I mean, this seems like this was a pretty big load to drop on your plate. What, were, what was your experience before you got into all this? Uh, man, so I. It, it wasn't in the plans right
5: I, I actually i'm fifth generation masons that i can actually verify to paper of uh you know being admitted into a lodge i've got other members of my family that i believe were masons but can't pinpoint them but growing up you know I, i'd see the uh, the symbols on the gravestones and all that and all i'd get from my parents is uh it's some cult you know what i mean and so i never learned more. <laughs> and uh, honestly growing up I didn't really have the desire to me. It was just, you know, an old guy's club didn't really see any importance to it. Uh, but when I got with my now wife, uh, her dad was longtime Mason and it was just the world to him. Um, and, you know, it's like every conversation I go over, there's just Masonry, this Masonry, that try to get me to join. And I was like, ah, no, once he stopped, I swear to God, it was like everywhere. I'd see it on TV. I'd see hats. I'd see-
1: <laughs> and then
5: I'd be like, Hey, Hey, can we talk about this? no whoa what <laughs> i'm interested Let, let's talk about this and so finally i've been a ear enough and got in and uh you know it's a good thing i don't uh drink or smoke or anything because uh, it's addictive as you can see this is our guest bedroom uh, it's termed as the mason room and it just kind of took off full force man so uh it, it's a huge part of my life now obviously uh got into the history side of it and haven't looked back it's just uh been something that really took my fancy
3: did you have experience in doing that kind of research and archiving and and, and that sort of stuff was <laughs> no. that no this is just like no. somebody pulled you out of the weeds and said here do this yeah it's
5: really weird i i was not even a history fan um i, I really wasn't my my stepfather uh is a published author in the realm of world war ii stuff and uh you know huge in the history and just never really caught my eye um and it was really, you know, I was, I was raised in Lenexa Lodge. And then once we moved out here to Gardner, I transferred to Gardner Lodge. And there's just something about that. When I walked in the Gardner Lodge, it's an old rural country town lodge. Um, and the history was just lacking so much. You know, the uh, first thing that caught my eye, I went up to the Tyler's Quarters and you know, every lodge has their, their basement, whatever, just plastered with past master pictures. Sure. Well, this lodge was just shy of 150 years. And they had a, oh, a poster size frame with like 12 photos in it. That, that's it. That, that's all that uh, had been recovered. So I just immediately saw like somewhere that I could jump in and uh, be of assistance. And from there, it's just, I don't, history took me, it, it was right after starting that, um, that I sparked up historical light. And uh, if you listen to the very first episode, I was very blunt with everybody. I'm like, Look, I don't have a degree in history. Uh, You know, I I don't have any kind of past in this. I'm learning as I go, but I have a passion and it's going to be a journey. And uh, from that point, it's just kind of uh, grown into what it is today.
3: I think the most important word that came out of that whole thing was passion. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the one of the big things that's missing in general is passion. And oh, it's, it's, great yeah. when, it's great when somebody finds it and, and gets a chance to exercise their passion in the craft. And.
2: Well, it's, it's uh, addicting. When you see somebody is excited, then you pay attention to them. Right. You know, when you see somebody who's just muddling through something, you, you lost me. Right. So what are some of the um, – so as you started digging around your lodge,
1: yeah.
2: what were some of the first, like, eye-openers that, that, that you didn't expect to find?
5: Man. So when I first started out, it was just, I didn't even know where to start. There was just so much mystery. Um, we were missing so many past master photos. People really couldn't tell me the, the history of the lodge, but bits and pieces, we had this massive photo on the north wall that, you know, just really stands out. It's a creepy photo follows you everywhere you go, but nobody <laughs> knew who the hell it was. Like, you know, The no all idea.
0: seeing eye. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly.
5: So it was just so much curiosity, man, that I I just started delving into not only our our minutes, but, uh, into local history. It's a small town, especially when the lodge first started. I mean, Gardner, Kansas in 1868, it's small today. I could only imagine back then. So I just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, most surprising, man, you know, right off the top of my head, I'd have to say, uh, when I learned about the the fire of the building, so our building was uh, the fir- our our lodge was chartered 1868. They uh, leased space from Odd Fellows for quite a few years, and then around the 1880s, they built their their first building, a wood structure. Uh, it lasted to 1906, and that thing caught on fire. I don't know if it was a scam or not. We read in the minutes, you know, for quite a while, they were talking about the value of the place and not being worth it. And then all of a sudden it catches on fire. <laughs> <What? laughs> no! uh, yeah. Everybody's like, this place is going to burn. And, you know, and it did. I don't know. I'm not pointing fingers, but they got a new building out of it. But the thing that really caught me in. <laughs> <on, laughs> statute of the
3: limitations, buddy. Hey, everybody.
5: The thing that really caught my eye there, though, and allowed me to uh, proceed to where I am today with our lodge history, uh, was the then secretary and uh, past master, uh, Brother Frank Lyon. When that when that building caught on fire, um, Frank rushed from his house to the lodge, ran into the burning building, and actually recovered all of our um, all of our meeting minutes back to day one. Oh wow! And wow! It was only because of that action that I was able to write the book. I mean, everything would have been lost. So that, that really threw me. And then just recently I found in that same, uh, that same evening that the master, the sitting master that year, and I'm going to slip on his name, Carl Harris, actually. Um, he was the guy out there pumping the hand pump water for the firefighters, um, for it said for uh, four hours straight, I believe. Jeez. So it's just kind of mind blowing when you think back in the day and that kind of commitment.
2: And is your uh, lodge is, is your are you in a small town? Or are you in a, like a, a small city, or are you really rural?
5: Uh, so, to me, it's a small town. I, you know, we moved here from Shawnee, which is just outside of the city, pretty much. So, a more busy uh, suburban area. Um, so, when we moved out to Gardner, me and my wife, like this is Cowtown. To everyone out here, they feel like it's the big city because over the last decade, it's grown so much. So, you, I, you can't really call it rural, I guess, anymore. Um, for the metro
3: area, we're, like, just
5: right on the edge. Like, you go past us, it really starts to get kind of nothing. But we've got everything. Do you have make.
3: a Panera Bread? Because if you have a Panera Bread, then you're you're in. That's. Uh,
5: yeah. I mean, not in Gardner, but one
2: stop up the highway. There all is right. A, all uh, right. <laughs> uh, what about a Circle K? Do you have a Circle K?
5: No. Circle it, we, you K. know, they're not that popular around Kansas City, what, what, What's
2: your mini market of record out there?
5: Uh, the, you know, the convenience store gas station you see everywhere's quick trip they're, uh, okay. they're the oh yeah QT yeah
2: oh wow so um how long so how long have you been doing the podcast uh, you're up around what episode in the 80s right mm-hmm. 80 episodes something like that
5: uh no like uh so so we took a, a break for a while um when i was master it it got crazy so we're lower on episodes i think we're pushing 40 oh okay yeah, we're lower on episodes um been doing it from, since 2016 um but we put a lot of focus into the group as well so i mean we we try to post episodes twice a month um there for a while i had to take a bit of sabbatical just i took on positions with the grand lodge and stuff and uh, bit off more than i could chew but we try to stay regular with the page with the group uh there's always history going on there keeping the conversations flowing and you know just anything we can to to push the preservation of Masonic history before it disappears, man.
3: So I noticed on your, on your Facebook page that you posted a photograph of a history of a lodge called the Charles M. Howell Lodge in Pennsylvania. Oh, and, yeah. And that's in our district. So we know the Charles M. Howell Lodge very well, and, and whatever's very, in that history book is all lies. Don't v- believe it.
2: And very important, they <laughs> just opened up a bar on the same property. Oh, they right? did the Skinny Mini Movie Theater. Yeah, 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 is now a bar. Nice. So you can walk right out of the meeting and go grab a uh, adult beverage.
3: <sighs> Outstanding. That's we like, haven't repealed prohibition in Pennsylvania yet.
4: Well, <laughs> Alex doesn't realize it, but our studio is in the Effort Lodge. And right above, they rent space to the uh, Wine and Spirit Store, which is a Pennsylvania State store. And so we we drilled a hole in the ceiling. We just passed (laughs) bottles up and down. Although we don't drink in this lodge.
3: No, 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 never do. Never do. (laughs) So actually, that's a bit of our history is we were meeting across the street. Uh, We we chartered in 1910. We were meeting across the street. The building we're in now was a movie theater and in 1933 it caught fire and this is i I don't know how they pulled this off but within three days the lodge had moved past and bought this burned out building and then rebuilt it they had the plans all drawn up to for the whole thing to be a masonic temple Um, and then prohibition was repealed and as soon as prohibition was repealed the state somebody was connected to somebody somewhere and the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board rented space. They actually moved into the building before we did. So they've wow. been our tenants since 1935. That's so, insane. Yeah. It's a, it's a, that's our cool little claim to fame here.
5: You know, I, I don't know, not to point fingers, but you know, I was, I was kind of suspicious
3: about my lodges deal. You <laughs> <be> You're connecting <laughs> the three dots, days, are we? I, yeah, three days. Know, they, man. <laughs> Somebody was holding that motion in a back pocket somewhere. But anyway, well, let's take a quick break. And we'll come back for a little more with Alex. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster. All to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life. One that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. so we're back um, and uh, while we were away we had a really good interview with Alex and <laughs> <laughs> and that's all folks you're not going to hear it but it was awesome well so, it's
2: because of my lack of geography skills um, like I'm just I was trying to find out how far away things are out in Kansas um, and, it, and in Kansas we're trying to figure out how far away we can
3: get from here <laughs> 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 so they're uh, they're southwest of Kansas City not far yeah. Like for us, not far. Well,
2: we sent you Andy Reid, so you should be ever grateful.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute, he's in Missouri, though. Yeah, Missouri, 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 Missouri. All right. So, um, so you one of your big passions is preserving all this cool stuff that you're finding. I, I, yeah. I, I heard you talking on one of your episodes about um, finding what was it the the Constitution or the uh, a copy of the. Um, bill of rights or something like that that was
5: oh yeah both actually and yeah. believe it or not i got them right behind me Grab one second
2: did you steal them out
3: of your lodge nice nice like uh, Nicolas cage <laughs> yeah. pilfering yeah, is there secret writing um, on the back
5: yeah not not stolen uh trying to get a good picture of them i don't want to take them out of here because i do believe they'll just crumble the dust but trying to get a, a solid picture uh so we can kind of preserve it but I didn't know these existed. Like, like I said, uh, Frank Lyon went in and got all the books. Um, These must've been remaining on the wall afterwards. And this, this is another one of those things, you know, nobody could tell me these were hanging in the dining hall and everyone's like, I don't know, they're old and they're dark and we can't read them. And I don't know how well it's going to show, but when I got these things home and, Oh yeah, that's really glared. Maybe right there. If you really look up close, that is smoke and heat damage. And I mean, that's from the fire these these are left over these were hanging on the wall in the original lodge so i this stuff just man it amazes me but going through our lodge history you know putting this bad boy together um i realized the books that i was going through were just i mean literally like that paper crumbling before our hands and the pages that were still there that you could read or that were physically still there you could just barely read you know they a lot of these guys made their own ink back in the day they mixed it up and when they were running low they added some water and it's just so washed out so i'm, I'm trying to get through to guys not just in kansas but literally everywhere that's the big push behind historical light is to recover this history because a lot of guys through the years just didn't take the history seriously and just kind of let it go like my lodge did um and other guys think that just because we have it in a uh, in a file cabinet in the back room hey it's all good that stuff's disappearing before our eyes i mean mm-hmm. either it's disintegrating or that ink is just fading off the paper and before you know it it's gone um in my eyes i think we are the last generation or two uh, in many many cases that has the opportunity to save this history and if we don't do it man we're doing a disjustice not to the guys only before us but after us as well so it's you know it's kind of one of those things it's like you're your brother's keeper right and there, there's so much legacy here uh it's really up to us to preserve it
2: so that's a a sizable book, book that you just held up you know yeah, lot, lot. The, the
3: book i did was like a little teeny tiny, <laughs> tiny yeah
2: well usually masonic research books <laughs> i <laughs> see are pictures. like it's a pamphlet um <laughs> uh, but no that's a serious book so so
5: what kind yeah, of what, it, what kind of one.
2: wow what kind of stories are you relating in the in the, in the book Literally everything I could get my hands on. The
5: book was an accident. Uh, It it was never intended to be a book. Um, When I started this out, it was just going to be, I was going to put content on the Lodge website and grow it. Uh, Then it went from the website to the show. And then guy was like, hey, we've got our 150. You should rewrite the history book. We had this like, it's probably 17 pages. uh, At the 100 year, 1968, uh, 1960. Yeah. 1968 mm-hmm. uh, hundred year anniversary. Uh, they, they wrote a history book for the first hundred years. He summed it up in 17 pages and you know, he, he did what he could, but literally skipped over generations. And he'd mentioned in there that several of the books from the very first years were missing. So it was a lot of, he, she, see, uh, he, say, she, say from around town. And once I started going through the old minutes, I, I, I quickly came to know that a lot of the stuff was just false uh, or just not presented correctly, or just skipped over entirely. There was so much that I thought was really neat facts. So being kind of a nerdy historian, I, I wrote the book in an odd manner and that, that kind of gives quality to why it's so long. Um, I went through and did a chapter or a section for every single one of the 150 years and literally start out uh, every chapter. If I can get to a page here. With the, uh, the master and the rundown of uh, – right here. Here's for 1869. Um, but you'll get the, the master, okay. the year, all the officers, and that's actually clipping straight out of the Grand Lodge uh, proceedings for the year. So it'll give you the stats and stuff for the year. And then I run through and literally everything of importance, uh, try to cover it in there and stuff. You know, like I said, I, I'm kind of a nerd. So stuff that people do not think is important is probably in there. Cause I think it was important.
3: Did you tie it out to the larger community at all? Gardner, like what was going on in Gardner and did members of your lodge did, participate yeah. in municipal stuff? And exactly. So, you know, Gardner was a small Kansas town.
5: So as in many masons that we find in the early days, uh, they were prominent figures. Uh, we had the first mayor. We had one of the first uh, sheriffs, uh, first surgeon, first dentist. Um, Emmanuel Clark, the guy that you just saw in that picture, badass in real life. He was a, a Civil War officer. And uh, before he ever got to Gardner, uh, in not even his last battle, that, that's what kills me, is not even his last battle in the war. One one fight he gets shot in the left knee. He gets shrapnel through the other knee. He gets shot in his lower stomach, and it ricochets up, uh, twelve to fourteen inches. They had to cut that out in the field. He got shot in one of his arms. Uh, he got uh, another shrapnel in the other arm. I mean, just dude just got tore up. Took a couple of weeks off. Went on to fight two more battles before he. Ever- <laughs> yeah
1: right wow, like just
5: wow. a total badass so and then uh,
2: and then the past masters took him down <laughs> <laughs> not how we did it my
1: day
5: i mean that that was that was even before uh, you know he even came here he came here and he's he was a member of the local government he was instrumental i uh, cannot talk tonight instrumental in getting the uh, local school board set up uh just kind of everything man just involved in so much and blew my mind uh found the old plot map for gardner i was trying to find out where these guys lived one of his houses on his property owned a owned a quarter claim uh just two miles from me the house is still there from the 1890s cool. still standing about to tip over has got no trespassing signs everywhere on it but just <laughs> blows your mind to go look at
3: we we don't see those kinds of civic leaders in lodge very much anymore i'm not sure why there's got to be a reason because it's it's universal across the fraternity well
2: we have like if somebody's running for district attorney or someone or judge yeah they tend to come and join and then they never then they never come back again yeah i don't know
5: i don't know man i I, personally i kind of think uh in today's society it's almost a little bit of political suicide to be directly related
2: yeah, I mean, I guess for the the unknowing, m- Freemasonry has a bad yeah. ring to people.
3: And this is one thing I've, I've I listened to your Odd Fellows episode, and it occurred to me as I was driving down the road. I'm like, how how come there was never an anti Odd Fellows movement? There was never an anti Odd Fellows political party. Right. There was never an anti Odd Fellows papal you know g- decree. What what what? They were. Uh, they minded they their own Bigger business. than Freemasonry for a while. They minded their own
4: business. I guess. I don't know. They weren't linked to the Knights Templar. That's why. Oh my. Oh,
3: goodness. Goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna poke you with a fork. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, Alex, anything you want to you want to uh, uh, plug? before we uh, before we yeah if if people want to people
2: want to check out your Facebook page or they want to check out the podcast uh,
3: how do we uh, send them I'm going to say one one thing if you want to see a model for how to put together your lodges history book um, grab a copy of Alex's book I saw that you posted how to get it on your Facebook page Um, it's um, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful creation I mean you really you really killed it
5: Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was it was a labor of love, man. It, it took a long time to get through. Um, honestly, a lot of it was uh, thanks to my wife. She she kind of helped me uh, read through the minutes so I could write and type because we were running short on time. And that, and that cracked me up just as a side note there. My wife liked to read it like it was a soap opera. And she would literally <laughs> like, she'd, she'd read about these guys coming into lodge. And then, you know, a book later, they've got, you know, cancer, they're 90 years old, they're dying. She's sitting there just bawling. And I'm like, no, nope, nobody gets the passion like you do. out of reading <laughs> <minutes>. like, <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, the, the book, like I said, was a labor of love. Um, you know, I, we, we published it because I, I, I hope it'll stick around, but it's one of those, uh, niche inside of a niche inside of a niche. Right. So it's a uh, Masonic history, Gardner, Kansas. Nobody's ever heard of it, but like I, like I tell guys all the time, Don't think their Masonic history in their lodge is important. Every lodge is a part of that link, man. So there's stuff in here that would blow your mind and honestly would be in every lodge. So that's what we push on the show uh, with Historical Light. If you guys want to check us out, uh, myself and my co-host Robert Marshall host that. Uh, You can find us at historicallight.com. We're on Facebook. We have a uh, uh, group, Historical Light Masonic Research Group. Uh, where we try to stay a little bit away from like the others that just post everything. And we keep it strictly Masonic history. So if you guys are interested, uh, love to see you're in there. Awesome.
2: What's, um, reading through, you know, a hundred plus years of uh lodge history or maybe almost 200. So, um, what are some of the best, I don't know, what are the, some of the crazier things that came out by reading the minutes?
5: Uh, we, you know, we, we had a few lodge trials, um, that were just really well documented. Uh, still in, and, and this is what blows my mind man. is we still had like the tally marks in there. They had the little page where they tallied these guys out. Um, it, it's kind of an odd mark, but there is a page and I document it in the book because I see this stuff is cool. Even though no one else does, there was a 130 year old smashed fly on one of the pages. <laughs> And it's like you you smell these books, and it's not just old must. I mean, you can smell the cigar smoke. You can just oh, smell yeah. the heat of the room. And I open it up, and there's this smash fly. And you're looking at it. You're like, yeah, that bastard's original. That's that's not <laughs> a new fly. And it just it puts you in it puts you in the moment, right? You're all of a sudden you're sitting in 1892 in this old stuffy lounge room <laughs> Guys are pissed off. They're sweating. this fly <laughs> can't stop. And bam, and there it is. For you know,
2: a
0: hundred years down the road, it's got that. <gasps> Josh gonna have to do some beeping.
2: Now, meanwhile, you now now you're gonna die of dysentery for touching a two hundred year old fly.
0: <laughs> exactly, man. But no, uh,
5: yeah, we we found some uh, interesting stuff. There was there was a guy, you know, I, I won't name him by name, but uh, he was a member of the lodge. I never saw him as an officer but he got a little peeved at somebody right outside the lodge. It wasn't another Mason. It was just somebody in the town, uh, pulled a revolver on him, uh, in the middle of the street out there. And, uh, it was documented that, uh, well, he got charged for, uh, disorderly conduct and using unfit language in front of a lady is what the Masonic lodge charged him with. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, they had document in there. One of the guys was saying, Remember your obligations, brother. Remember your obligations, you know, just yelling at them through the road. Stuff like that really stuck out to me. just you know, it, it puts it in a picture uh, just really, really often. but wow, it just just so much stuff, you know
3: our minute I've read our minutes and it's like compared to that, it's like reading a Kleenex box. there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing in our minutes like that.
2: Yeah. The most exciting thing in our minutes, uh, in the wall, of the Masonic center is a, uh, a page framed and you, they are discussing buying brand or I guess it was receipt for brandy, cigars and beer.
5: Oh yeah. We've got some of those, man. Yes. For sure. But you know what I tell everyone else, you know, preserving what you have is crucial, but also recovering because as I came to find out You see what's in the minutes. The minutes can be very bland. There is so much that goes on outside the minutes. They sold our building outside the minutes. I mean, never touched on it in the minutes whatsoever.
1: Wow. Yeah.
5: Like they, the building we have now after the fire, they built it and within two years sold the entire building. And it literally went from one meeting. They're talking about renting the downstairs to a new tenant. Great. And then it went to, "Eh, we're running a little bit short on cash. We might have to look at selling the downstairs to the very next meeting. Hey, since we sold the whole building, uh, we better figure something out of where we're going to meet, I'm like, wait, what, what? What? no vote, no nothing. But they ended up uh, selling it to a brother and working out a 99 year lease. Uh, and all this jazz so there's there's so much outside the minutes um that, that never gets covered so looking into your local history and seeing how your lodge you know touches your town's history uh, that's that's really important too there's usually a lot of connection there yeah, Hell, cool i just time. found two weeks ago that in our annie room our preparation room our chamber of reflection we had a dentist office for like two decades <laughs> oh, wow. i had no idea <laughs> I was telling her, I was like, can you imagine going into a chamber of reflection and having all these early 1900, like dental tools hanging on the wall? That, yeah,
0: awesome. that would <laughs> cause
2: me to reflect. Yeah.
0: yeah. That was, uh, what am I joining?
2: Yeah. Well, our exactly. friend, uh, our friend Seth Anthony is, uh, well, it's not hard to be big in the odd fellows. I think if you join, you're in charge of the odd fellows now. Uh, but his <laughs> odd lodge in Middletown, Pennsylvania, he's walking around And he has this, like, these keys, and he goes, "What? what's that door for? I don't know. We haven't opened it in 40 years. And he's thinking, like, he had this, like, national treasure kind of moment. Um, None of the keys worked. Turns out, like, this room was rented to some other fraternal organization that used their building. And then they went defunct, and all of their equipment, you know, whether it was, like, the Eagles or who it was... Mm you know right. all their stuff was in this closet that has been sitting there since like 1955
5: nice <laughs> like lodge 49 i yeah, love it exactly yeah. <laughs> for real yeah, yeah and that's 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 wild it, it's weird to think how many lodges literally just pack up and leave and leave everything there i mean there was there was a story just not too long ago uh, i think uh, brother hodat put out about this young couple that bought a lodge and there was still the charter hanging on the wall and the new mm. owners are taking a picture in front of it. I'm like, they left the charter? Like, really?
3: <laughs> wow. I, I think that's supposed to be returned. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. We're going to have to... It makes me want to do more history of, of our lodge. Josh? Josh get on
1: that <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey a, man
5: I'll, I'll put the challenge out there you guys do the history of your lodge and I want to see you guys come on historical light and we're going to reverse this bad boy All right Hey I'll, I'll, perfect I'll send,
1: I'll
2: send you the one I did Yeah sweet <laughs> Oh so how do we find your um web, your Facebook page again just look for historical light on Facebook and we find it Yeah
5: Facebook.com com slash historical light. Uh, you can find us uh, on YouTube as well. We host all our episodes there. Uh, podcast side goes out syndicated all over all the major podcast networks, but uh, most centralized. You can find the website historical dot
2: Awesome. Well, thank you for your time tonight, yeah, Alex. This is our book, by the way, right here. It's, it's right here, right here. Fantastic.
5: Blue with a square.
2: I can't see anything. Well, yeah, my webcam is like from 19 or from two thousand three. <laughs> two thousand three. I I
5: appreciate the historical uh, webcam. (laughs)
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we'll call the YouTube channel, historical webcam. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. We're
2: going to take a quick break, and we'll, uh, we'll come back, and we'll wrap up the show, and you get to hear all the other nonsense that we do here.
6: It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again, Masonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. Tracking what is important to your success is a simple yet effective way to ensure it. In previous briefs, we have discussed setting goals and creating measurables that track the progress through those goals. In this brief, we will further develop and define those measurables. As a recap, you should identify a few numbers that will give leadership early visibility of a potential problem. For example, measuring the number of people raised will not give any indication that you may not meet your new member goal until it is too late. But tracking the number of petitions received, the number of people attending your open house would provide direct feedback and predict success. An additional advantage of creating measurables is you will now be able to make decisions based on data and not just feelings. If your open house is not converting anyone to becoming a member, then it is clear something needs to change. Conversely, if it generates a bunch of new members, then it should be expanded, and the idea should be shared with neighboring lodges. Another key part to a good measurable is to make it simple. Don't create a lot of unnecessary work or complexity. If it becomes too onerous to track or to report, it will not happen. For example, it is probably unrealistic to ask every member to report every time they are discussing joining the lodge with a non-Mason. While that may be nice to know, it crosses a line with privacy, creates an extra burden that will not be followed, and discourages the actual act of discussion. To be successful, the measurable also needs to be regularly reported and discussed. In this case, out of sight, out of mind, does indeed apply. Again, the measurable should be a predictor of a problem. The longer the number is ignored, the less time there will be to fix that identified problem. Methods of reporting would be best identified by who is participating in the activity being tracked. If a leadership-related number, then only a few people need to actually see it, and maybe quarterly reporting will be enough, and then maybe half a year to the entire membership. But if it's a number that the entire Lodge needs to know, they will all need to know it, and maybe on a monthly basis. For our fraternity, monthly seems to be a good timetable for many types of reporting. Similar to the reporting method, the timing should be customized to the number. It doesn't make sense to report the number of pancake tickets sold until the tickets are actually on sale. But when they are, once a month may not be sufficient to make sure that the pancake breakfast will be successful. Weekly reporting may be the best way to understand if there's going to be a problem. Additional ideas on how to track success can be found in my book, Lodge Business, The Theoretical Application of Entrepreneurial Business Practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief.
4: Tonight, I offer a- an editorial, oh. which I seldom do. I've only done, what, two or three in four years. Never. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I've done zero. Uh,
2: you must do them on the days zero. I skip.
4: Well, anyway, since our last podcast, we have witnessed an unfolding tragedy of family loss. I'm speaking about the loss of basketball great Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter a couple weeks ago. We sat in disbelief as the story unfolded, realizing the profound changes to this family and friends and to an adoring nation of fans. At the same time, we also realized seven other people perished in that flight as well. Four families in one one instant had their lives changed forever. Last week, I called a dear friend and a Masonic brother of mine, and he told me about a tragedy that took place in his family the same day as the Kobe Bryant accident. His 13-year-old grandson was killed in an air crash, in a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, Coweta County to be exact. A new plane was delivered to the local airport and the grandson, already learning to fly, wanted to take it out for a quick flight with a very experienced pilot, a friend of the family. So the young man asked his mom if he could do that and she immediately agreed. And during the flight, the plane's canopy became loose flew off and destroyed the tail section of the aircraft, causing the plane to crash to the ground. Both pilot and grandson were killed. So tonight, do something for me. Tell your kids, your wife or girlfriend, your brother or sister or anyone close to you that you love them. You'll feel better for the rest of your life and I guarantee they will feel better for the rest of theirs even after you're long gone.
3: In Masonic news today, chiropractors from around the country descended on Alexandria, Virginia this past week to tend to the many injured Freemasons who attended AMD week at Crystal City. The number of back injuries caused by excessive lapel loading was astounding, said one emergency medical worker. Related complaints included lower back pain brought on by frequent apron snipping and headaches caused by squinting at name badges. Several rogue masons were heard to exclaim, we don't need no stinking badges. These mavericks were removed from the event for being refractory. That's the Masonic News. So moved the ones.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, well, the hospitality rooms were fun. Hospitality
4: rooms were great. <laughs>
2: Larry (laughs) Yeah
4: A uh, special thanks to Everton Lodge 665 for making this broadcast studio available and possible (laughs) Thanks to Josh Lamberton our producer and director who continues to make the show listenable Thanks to Jack Harley our news director Tim Dedman our marketing director and to Masonic Life Podcast Contributors, Michnell, Mich- Rich- le- Schnell? Le- Michelle Snyder and Jim Stevens. And, oh, by the way, Michelle, happy birthday, sweetie. Aw. Thank you for listening. This is Larry Maris. Well, Jack Harley. Jim <laughs> Dedman. And I'm um, Pete Ruggieri, out of patience.
2: Uh, and this is Josh. Good night.
0: Good night, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
3: One job, Larry. One
2: job. At least we got that recorded. (laughs) Take two. That'll give us something.